Thank you for joining me on the next episode of Not By Mouth. On this episode of the podcast, we'll be going over having bariatric surgery and what it requires. There are 10 different things that I want to go over with you when it comes to bariatric surgery, starting with number one, the obvious, find a good surgeon in your area or in the area that you choose. And what I mean by that is that find a surgeon that has performed the surgery that you're interested in several times, numerous times. Uh, Make sure that you're not the first or the first of a few, like 20. That's too soon. Um, And I say that because a lot of people don't do their research. Uh, They just hear from someone else and says, hey, I had this surgery and it worked for me. And then that person goes and probably Google and they figure, oh, this is great. I'm going to have this surgery too and pick the same surgeon and then their results don't come out the way they want or they don't have the same success as the person that referred them. What I did um, when I was looking for a surgeon, I actually looked for surgeons that were was not trained in the United States. And I say that because I am um, a woman of color, I'm African American, and I also have other ethnicities, but that's what I identify with. And what I've noticed is that surgeons that are trained in the United States, for me, now I don't speak for everyone, I speak for myself, is that black women don't get treated the same way as women, um, like Caucasian women, for instance. Um, And for to have something so seriously done, you want to make sure that you're making a good decision for your body. And so my options were at the time to either leave the country or pick someone that was trained elsewhere, not in the United States. Also, uh, a lot of black women were used back in the day, long time ago, um, and some still are, unfortunately, were used as um, what we call guinea pigs. And so they would um, do hysterectomies without anesthesia. Uh, They would, um, the Henrietta Locke, um, they would take our blood and drain us of blood and see how that works, cut babies out of us and see how that works. And so with these horrific type of medical procedures being done on so many black women, women that I've actually witnessed and and heard the horror stories of, um, I just felt that it would be best for myself to pick a surgeon that was not trained in the United States. Um, even as recently as a few years ago, um, a famous person, a famous sports athlete, she was pregnant with her baby And she kept saying, hey, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And they kept saying, oh, you're fine. Come to find out she almost died from toxic shock syndrome and almost lost her child at the same time. It took her calling her mother to come in and really fight for her and and get some understanding. So 
she can have the proper delivery that she has. This woman is well known. She's famous. And she, you know, her child, she wind up um, coming out of the uh, delivery. Okay. She had her child who is now healthy, but this is a celebrity. She's famous and she's well known, but she still had problems with an American physician. And so the physician I picked was actually trained in Canada. Not to say that Canada is better or anything like that. It's just that in the office, I noticed that between the two surgeons, I preferred the one that was not trained in the United States. And I feel that their bedside manners towards us is a lot better. Um, when I say us, I mean women of color um, are treated a lot better by those that have not been trained in the United States, as opposed to those that have been. Um, it has been researched and is widely known that women of color, it is assumed that we can withstand more pain than women that are Caucasian. It has, it is also known, um, that, uh, women of color are not given the same treatment uh, as far as pain management. And so, and they're not even treated nicely during bedside. And I know a lot of Caucasian women uh, feel the same way, but trust me, when it comes to uh, the different races and ethnicities, women of color are at its worst they get it the worst. And so this is why I say, do your search on surgeons. Now, needless to say, there's, you know, thousands of surgeons, and I'm pretty sure not everyone has not been, everyone that's been trained in the United States is not bad. Don't take that. Um, don't take me word for word verbatim. I'm just saying that I preferred someone that was not trained in the U.S. That's what I mean by doing your research and finding a good surgeon. Okay. And so um, now we will go on to number two. Number two actually do your research. Yes, you need to do your research. I say that because a lot of people will ask for a referral and they go by that referral, but you need to do your own research. And I mean, beyond doing a Google search and saying, oh yeah, this is a great place. That's wonderful. Do your research. What I did as far as research is I actually talked to some of the patients that had undergone the surgery. I had went on um, one of the social media websites, joined a group that's affiliated with bariatric surgery, and I asked the question, has anyone had surgery in this particular city, in particular area, by this particular facility? And was, you know, received a well decent response. And I said, you know, how do you feel about your surgeon? And what were the results? And anything that you regret or anything that you would like to say that you didn't get the chance to say or do before you had the surgery. That's what I mean by research. But I took it even a step further. I went and yes, I use Google. Who doesn't? But I also use Google Scholar. 
And I looked to see if that surgeon had written any journal pieces, any articles. I wanted to know if that surgeon had been featured in any news articles. Had that surgeon been mentioned on social media? What were the reviews? I went to more than just WebMD or where you rate medical doctors. I wanted to know. And then I looked up the credentials of my surgeon and I actually went to the websites of those colleges that were mentioned and see if those degrees were valid. You can do a check. It's free. It um, takes a little bit of time, but it's free to do. So when I say do your research, that's what I mean. Actually go out and do the work because ultimately it's your body and you don't do your research. You could wind up being harmed gratefully. There's a new series out, um, uh, Dr. Death, and that show scared me so badly. I had my surgery long before that show came out, but I knew of that incident that happened in Texas. And so I kept that in mind, like a lot of people do, they research, but a lot of those people that experienced great harm physically was because they went off a referral or they went off of, oh, I believe you're a good doctor because I heard about you. That's not good enough. Look up their credentials. See if they've had any malpractice um, suits filed against them. If they've had any complaints from the Better Business Bureau. These things are free and only takes, you know, a few minutes to search, but do your research. I also... um you know, made a decision on if I like that person, I use my intuition. A lot of people don't use that, but you should. Have you ever met someone and you just automatically knew, oh, I just don't like that person. I don't know why they haven't done anything to me. They haven't said a word to me. They're not even by me, but you can look at them and just know, mm, I don't get good vibes or I just don't like you. And so, when I looked at the pictures of my surgeon that I was potentially going to meet, I knew then, you know, oh, I really like this person or, you know, I'm getting good vibes and energy based on a picture. A picture really is worth a thousand words um, as opposed to, ooh, I don't get good vibes with you. I'm going to move on. Go with your gut feelings. If you feel something in your gut that isn't right, don't do it. Find another surgeon. Trust me. People are dying for your money right now because although surgeons surgeries are on the um, increase, but quality surgeons are very rare. And so do your research. Um, ask around. Put the questions out there. Join some forum, <clears throat> excuse me, forums to see what's available about the the business, the surgeon that you're interested in, it will make a huge difference for you. Number three, figure out your support system. This is so important. I tell you why. Because before you go to surgery, before your surgery date, you need to have a ride. And so I chose to use my adult daughter and I'm so glad that I did. And I tell you why. I didn't want my family to know. I didn't want friends to know. I didn't want anybody to know. I feel that bariatric surgery is personal and it's a medical procedure that I chose to personally have. And I didn't want everybody to know. It was none of their business. So I figured from that point, 
I talked it out with my daughter. I spent months and months preparing for it. And I chose my daughter to be my support system. And I also have a young teenage son. And both of them were my support system. Now, other things that I use as my support system was the forums because the people don't know me. All they know is what I write or interact with on social media. And that was really helpful because there was little to no judgment. Um, the things that I were not liking on social media, I ignored it, deleted it or skipped over it, scroll past it, something. But it really helped to uh, get into um, finding out what others thought and using those opinions and decisions that were made before me and after me um, as my support system. Also, what I noticed that joining forums, what I mean, like if you go on uh, Facebook, you would join some type of bariatric forum um, and they have specific names, gastric sleeve, bypass, um, the uh, RXY, um, they have different type of weight watchers, different type of forums. So pick your specific forum for what you're intending to do. And I did, and I joined more than one on different platforms, not just Facebook. I was on um, Instagram, and I tried Twitter and Twitch and all different types. And also, when I say support system, find things that make you feel good. I found a whole music system that made me feel amazing that they play a lot of songs without words, um, more on a meditation type of status. And so this app that I was using is called Aura, A-U-R-A. And I love that app so much. I learned so much from it. Um, that app helped me meditate, get in the right frame of mind. When I was doing some negative thinking, it helped me become positive. It's just a great app overall. And so find your support system. Also, I wound up, um, I was dating someone at the time. And I actually told that person what I was intending to do. And their daily um, check-ins with me, how you feeling, how you doing, really made me feel good. But you know what I started doing after we, you know, decided we weren't a good fit for each other? I kept getting that done. I wind up setting a reminder in my calendar on my phone. And that reminder came up every morning at the same time. So I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I was my own support system as well. That's so important because if you don't care about yourself, you don't love yourself, how are you going to care about or love anyone else? And so please love yourself. Take care of yourself. Find a support system. If you choose to tell others, that is wonderful. I mean, I'm just jealous of you and that is amazing. But I chose not to. It's a personal decision. And I still feel like I had the love and support that I needed to go ahead with this procedure. And I'm glad that I made that decision because it was what was best for me. Okay. Number four, be willing to set and visit doctor offices. Yes, 
you're going to have to schedule numerous doctor visits. Rather you pay out of pocket, rather you use a form of insurance, and especially if you use Medicaid. Oh my goodness, you're going to have to sit there and fill out all of those documents, all of the introduction paperwork, all of the new patient paperwork, all of those things I recommend that you get prepared for. How I got prepared for my doctor visits is every pharmacy that I used, I asked for a history printout. Now things are so modernized and updated. You can just go on their app and print them out and you can print out certain dates. I printed out everything that I've um, had prescribed to me and actually had filled at the pharmacies within the past 30 days. I'm also a veteran, so I use the VA a lot as well. And I they also have a feature where you can print out your prescriptions that you've had within the last 30 days. So before each visit, I would just print them out because they're going to want to know what prescriptions you have. Why are you taking these things? Who is the doctor? How many times a day? And and, and if it's by mouth, is it's oral, and, you know, it's so much to remember that I found that printing those out before my appointment was so helpful. Oh, my goodness. Another thing is when you set your appointment in your calendar, <clears throat> not only put the address of the physician, also put their phone number in the notes. I found that so helpful because I would be referred to a physician and, you know, life gets in the way. I have a uh, kids. And so I have a, a young child that's a teenager. And what I found is that I might need to move things around. Um, he might have things going on that interact or, you know, interrupt what I'm trying to do as well. It was so easy to just look in the notes, click that phone number and call, hey, I need to reschedule or is there any cancellations? I can get an earlier date, time, something like that. So do that. Um, make sure that you're ready to sit. And with the pandemic going on, be ready to maybe not be able to sit in the office. You might have to sit in your car or sit outside. I've had a few appointments where I had to sit in my car, tell them I was there. And when a room was available and ready for me, then I could come in. So things are changing. There's a new order going on and we have to be able to adapt. Um, my longest visit at a doctor's office was two and a half hours long. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, my appointment was at, I don't know, 10, 15, let's just say. I didn't get out of there to like at least 1230, almost one o'clock. So I was starving. So be sure to take a snack, take something to eat, eat before you go. Um, because you don't have to fast in order to have a doctor's visit unless you're specifically told. Keep that in mind and drink lots of fluids. If you're going to have a lot of labs that you need to get more than once, and I tell you, if you don't start drinking, it takes about an hour for water to get through your body. So if you don't start drinking and you don't get at least 32 to 64 ounces in your body, at least an hour before your labs are to be drawn, get prepared for, you know, a little bit of difficulty there. I learned that the hard way as well. 
Also, take your own pens and don't take just one. Take a set of pens. I always travel with a set of pens, a black and blue ink. Um, some doctors' offices are now being specific, like, oh, no, we only want blue ink. I know the military only wants, well, the VA only wants black ink. But I have visited doctors' offices that wanted only blue ink for reasons, various reasons. Also, one more thing you need to know is always sign a medical release. Even if your doctor referred them to to you, you to them, excuse me, even if you were referred by your doctor and they're in the same company, say the company is, you know, Sesame Street 123, and you're like, this is Sesame Street 123 cardiology, and this is Sesame Street 123 pulmonology. What's the difference? Sign a medical release anyway. Even if they're affiliated, sign it anyway, because I can assure you that your doctor, the doctor that's going to do your surgery, is going to have a hard time getting those results, even if they're in the same system. I've seen it happen. I know from experience. So always sign a medical release and also sign a medical release for yourself. You might want those results later on. Something might be found that you weren't aware of and you want more information about or you want a second opinion on. It'll be easier to already have that medical release already in place. That way, when you request that document, it's easy to be given. Okay, so on to the next one. Number five, understand your reasons and your why. What do I mean by that? Understand why you want to have this surgery. Why do you want to have bariatric surgery? It is so major. It is such a huge decision. But a lot of people say, duh, it's obvious. I want to have the surgery because I want to lose weight. That's not everyone's reason. That's not everyone's why. Some people I have met in person and through social media, through the forums, have gotten surgery because their marriage were on the rocks. Um, a boyfriend just dumped them. A girlfriend just left them. And they wanted to show them, ah, see what you lost, see what you gave up on. And not to say that those reasons are good or bad. I'm just saying, know your reasons why. The reason why it's important to know your why and know your reasons for having bariatric surgery is because these emotions and feelings will come back over and over again throughout your bariatric journey, pre-op and post-op. When you're sitting there and you're being told in pre-op that for the next two weeks, all you can have is liquid protein and water, and you're going to have to lay off of any type of solid foods in order to shrink your liver in order to have this surgery. Trust me, when you get really hungry and you first set out because it's a form of fasting, you get to thinking, you know what? Is this dude really worth me having this surgery? I'm hungry. I'm going to go ahead and eat something. I mean, <laughs> you really get in touch with what's going on in your life at the time. I was in a relationship when I had bariatric surgery. My reasons and my why was for health reasons. I had a ton of comorb comorbid comorbidities. 
I can't say it right, but you know what I mean. I had a lot of health issues, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, I was, you know, passing out because I couldn't walk very long. I was shortness of breath, sleep apnea. You just named the gamut of being obese. I had it. Not only that, my weight was climbing so fast that within one month, I had gained 30 pounds. And I was like, you know what? I've when my son had said, you know, mom, you should come outside, get on the trampoline with me. I tried to get on that trampoline, did two bounces and passed out. Now, if you're considering having bariatric surgery, I hope these five tips are helpful for you. Number one was obvious. Find a surgeon that's in your area that you've done the research on. Number two, actually do your research. Number three, figure out your support system. Number four, be willing to sit for doctor office visits. And number five, understand your reasons and your why. Thank you so much for listening to Not By Mouth. And just know that everyone will see it. And you'll be so happy when you can say, you see it.